Herzlich willkommen zu einer neuen Folge von Startup DNA. Heute mit einem Gründer aus dem Freigeist-Portfolio aus Sofia, Bulgarien. Deswegen wechseln wir jetzt ins Englische. Hi Raicho, great to have you back on the show. Hey Frank, thanks for having me. Yeah, so we uh, we discussed already uh, our investment, but uh, it's such an um, a special story uh, building building a, a company out of uh, Sofia. Um, just very briefly, take us back. Like, how how did you start a satellite uh, company in your garage, or uh, how how did everything start? Well, we started six years ago with a big dream of ours and a vision that uh, we truly believe that uh, universal access to space data would fundamentally improve human life condition on the planet Earth. And we started very boldly in a small attic apartment in the center of Sofia, 25 square meter apartment. And we were five, five of us, uh, all together joined forces and met during the, our own educational program. Because at the time that we started uh, Endurusat, actually in our country, we didn't have a relevant and good uh, practice-oriented space, space education. Uh, so technically, to have Endurusat as an idea and to, to create it as a company in reality, we have to start, we had to start, uh, five years before that in 2010, starting our own educational program, uh, and convincing Sofia University, which is one of the most prestigious universities in the region, uh, to give us a small lecture room to invite a bunch of amazing experts from all around the planet, uh, already accomplished engineers and scientists and, and, and directors of different space programs to share their expertise and experience with us and to convince bright, bright young, young minds at the time that are crazy enough to uh, hope, hopefully they, because they didn't have enough expertise in the field to know what's possible and what's not, to convince them that uh, we could actually create our own space program. And not only that, but through our own space effort, we could make space accessible and more affordable for many, many new entrepreneurs, scientists and engineers. And technically, when we started in 2015, the dream and the vision was it would be amazing if the next generation, uh, in, if in few years, uh, there are another five people in our region, in the Balkans, in Bulgaria or in Germany, uh, uh, thinking about some really awesome idea about space, about putting a sensor in orbit, and that they could do that uh, without having any part of uh, the very complex satellite supply chain at a, at a price that is uh, affordable even for a small team of researchers to do it by themselves without relying on a big governmental funding. And I truly believe that if you can push the barrier of having this um, uh, democratized access to space, streamlined service, uh, and, uh, and finally breaking this mental barrier between space sector and non-space sector for the, for the general audience, huge amount of next-gen entrepreneurs with absolutely amazing ideas would, uh, would go and jump in the space sector and, and probably will see a, an enormous push forward in, the, uh, in this field. Two important lessons for me here. First, you can do it everywhere. It's like Sofia was not, not Silicon Valley or uh, you already had a lot of space startups, but you kind of kicked off the ecosystem. I expect kind of the same, or maybe it's already happening with Mate, with Rimac in, in Croatia. So there was no, no car industry, but he, he, um, he created one and he's now one of the, the leading minds. And, and what you did in, in Sofia, you created basically an ecosystem with a, with a university that, that is now doing a lot of space things. And, and, um, and that, that's great. So, so, so all of you who are listening and say, ah, oh, should I really start? It's so hard. You can do it. I mean, Raicho, Mate, 
Daniel and many others um, show clearly that that it's possible. So you can start out of nowhere just with a with a yeah with just a will to 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 create something. The second uh, thing you, you brought in here is why do we need space? Do we don't we have enough problems on on our beautiful uh, planet Earth? And and the answer is uh, many things of our planet are currently running on space things like like GPS and so on. Maybe you can uh, elaborate a little bit more about why why space. To be honest, our modern civilization cannot exist without space infrastructure already. Uh, our communication, our meteorology, our navigation, uh, all are reliant on space satellites uh, and the data that they, they, they generate on a daily basis and stream on the ground. Uh, no plane can fly, uh, no transportation vehicle in water can uh, navigate, uh, uh, no, no uh, telecom could actually operate without the backhaul service of the satellites in some shape or form. Uh, the difficulty comes from the fact that people actually don't see the satellites themselves, right? Because they're in orbit, uh, you, they're not so evident, and, and it seems uh, for everyone that uh, on the ground, the, the, the final users, uh, many times they, uh, since they don't see it, they don't deem it as an important uh, part of the of the equation of our economy and, and the future of the development of the technologies. And actually, it's totally the opposite because. The more we are talking about autonomous vehicles, flying vehicles, in, uh, if you take the example of Lilium, or, or uh, autonomous cars, uh, um, uh, self-driving trucks even, uh, uh, the airplanes are already autonomous, as we all know, uh, and the majority of the ships are autonomous, especially the ones that are responsible for the major transportation um, logistics of, on the global level. Uh, we cannot do that without satellite connectivity, without navigation and without Earth observation. How do we know that there is a huge amount of problems with our environment? Guess what? On a global level, the best way to monitor the changes of the environment and to be able to react and also to save human lives in terms of disaster management, a disaster happens and strikes somewhere, the first response teams always rely on satellite data. And, and, and I think this is going to just accelerate, which is organically uh, logical, uh, but at the same time, the space sector has experienced tremendous growth in the last uh, few years, which is very, uh, very important. And uh, for the first time, with the, with the, uh, thanks to, 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 to the innovations in rocketry, thanks to the more and more democratized access to, uh, to put your hardware in orbit, more and more entrepreneurs get excited about, okay, I really want to participate in the space sector. I want to put uh, my sensor in orbit and hopefully provide this data on the ground. And this is where the biggest current problem lies, according to our opinion. The, the way that, that you could actually operate your own sensor in orbit today still, still requires you to build an enormous and very complex satellite infrastructure on the ground, meaning ground stations, antennas, you have to custom or tailor build your cloud usually, and then you have a huge amount of licensing in the process of getting your payload to orbit. Licensing for the rocket launch, licensing for the satellite, export imports, all of those makes organically impossible for someone that is not very uh, knowledgeable about the space industry uh, to actually uh, easily create his own mission, fly his sensor and get the data that could actually impact positively some industry on the ground. And we strongly believe that if there is a, a way for us to help the building of the next space infrastructure, basically the satellites that, that could carry multiple different sensors on every flight, of different customers, and these sensors are feeding their data in a common cloud on the ground, this would create a truly democratized, decentralized, and interesting data market for space data, 
And this space data will be immediately auctionable and transactionable uh, uh, via the cloud to the non-space industries. So we could push forward tremendously more what the impact of space is in, today, in nowadays lives of the, of the humans on the planet. And this is what excites, excites us and this is the, the way that we see the satellite technology only as a tool of extending and empowering people on the ground. Because if we, if we enable universally accessible space data, we will enable a better future for everyone. This is what we believe. So yeah, so GPS location services is of course one of the, the things, but there's so much more as you just mentioned, like knowing uh, how's the weather, other uh, problems even in our forests uh, and so on. So sensors, data, uh, also in imaging and data connectivity uh, is, is, is growing rapidly and is, is getting more and more important for us here on our planet. Um, because we, unfortunately, it's very likely that we will see more volatility in the weather, uh, in storms, in, in water, uh, in, in pollution and so on. And also knowing uh, if ships, for example, dump waste in, in big amounts in the ocean, uh, satellites can, can see that and so on. So there, there are many, many things um, why we need more data um, uh, out of space. So the normal challenge is that when you want to s to send a satellite, which sounds insane, um, and it is insane today because you need a big team, you need a lot of time, it takes months and years, and what Raicho just explained, a lot of logistics, legal problems, and before you say, okay, this is my camera, or these are the sensors I want to get in space, it's just like 10% of your whole project because 90% is setting up the project so that you can um, can get your payload uh, in, in, in space. And... and Please explain us again, like, what's the difference here in, in, in Endurance? What, what exactly is your software, software-defined satellite? Uh, why, why are you, say, disrupting uh, the industry? Uh, well, uh, to, to be honest, I hope that we someday disrupt, uh, honestly, the entire industry for good. But, uh, but the logic is very simple. Again, I, we truly believe that in one simple idea, If we could put more sensors in orbit that generate valuable data for users on the ground with, uh, while eliminating the entire complexity of the space segment for those users, tremendous amount of new people will join the, the space race. And the way that we saw it possible uh, and we thought that it's, it's, it's going to work is by us uh, trying, in the, starting in the attic apartment six years ago in Bulgaria, and nobody shows us how to do that, of course, is to redefine the, the way that we see the satellite in first place. Usually, the satellites are, of course, very complex systems, and you build the satellite around the payload. So it's uh, uh, deep tech is very hardware-centric effort to, to build your own satellite for the specific camera, for the specific IoT radio, and then to put it to all the, these other steps to get it to orbit and operate successfully. Why we believe that, well, it makes no sense because at the end of the day, If we objectively want to put more payloads in, in orbit in a responsible way, we have to first break the paradigm of single satellite, single mission. And by breaking this mode, also we are breaking the complexity and the cost because it's one thing to, if we, if you get the cars as a, as an example, it's like to get from, uh, from Bonn to Frankfurt, you are going to go in your garage, build your own car and get to Frankfurt, right? It makes no sense. You're going to either rent an Uber, Or, or rent a car or, or drive your own vehicle. So we want, we, this is exactly what we thought about uh, the satellite technology. Could we create in principle a simple satellite in the smallest segment and form factor of the market, which is the nanosatellites? 
and actually make them uh, make them capable enough to handle different types of payloads without us having to modify constantly the hardware of the satellite of the avionics. And this would lead to a, a, amazing, of course, optimization of cost and time for the customer from one side. But more excitingly, we could actually fit several different payloads of different customers on the same satellite bus, meaning single satellite, multiple missions made possible. And on top of that, if we have just a few satellites in orbit, instead of many, many thousands, but those uh, satellites carry hundreds of different sensors of space data operators and users and they feed the data of these, um, uh, of these sensors directly to the cloud. This is, we believe, is a paradigm shift. It's a responsible way to explore further space environment, but also it, it completely eliminates the complexity of our customers, the space data operators, to put any kind of sensors in orbit in a safe manner because they don't have to each go and reinvent the wheel, building their own satellite, building their own payload, going to the test campaign, going to the licensing agreements, and only then going and launching directly the, uh, and operating in orbit. And this, if we could change that and, and make space more affordable, more people would join. And I believe more innovations would thrive and will be discovered and, and proven uh, in, in space. Because if you have uh, new sensors in orbit, of course, few of them and their business models would fail, but few of them will be successful. And if the business model behind launching the next more sophisticated meteorologic sensors, more sophisticated Earth observation sensors, and the data and the analytics behind them is proven to be reliable and bring value to the ground, it's a game changer on a planetary level. And this is what excites us. Uh, could we actually be part of this infrastructure building in orbit in a responsible way, using actually minimal amount of satellites in the, in the effort, uh, uh, being, uh, of course, uh, integrated with maximum amount of payloads of different customers and, 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 and then having this data available on demand on the cloud directly without the, the end user having to carry the burden of all the complex satellite infrastructure and supply chain in the process. It's a little bit, so let, you call that shared satellite service and it's a, it's a little bit the history of, of computing power. I mean, um, in the well, I uh, I'm I'm older than you, so I I still created my own uh, uh, server environments with Dell, and then we bought all the hard drives and the CPUs, and then then, and today of course there's cloud computing. So you just take um, AWS or Azure or some other cloud, and you just like um, go on a console and 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 take all the resources you want. So it would be kind of honestly ridiculous to. Um, to build your own uh, server environment. I mean, nobody nobody thinks about that anymore. But the space industry, of course, is more complicated, but it just makes sense that they have the same setup, like a cloud, uh, one one or maybe two or three uh, uh, service providers where I just can basically swipe through my credit card and say, I want to have access now on the latest and greatest sensors and data with a very um, good API, uh, even uh, if it's simpler data with a, with an app or something or, or a service, and then I can dive deeper if I want to. Um, so that 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 makes absolutely sense. So why are you in the in the position to create this shared uh, service? We believe is because you have built revolutionary uh, technology. I mean, we were uh, and are. Uh, quite astonished of what you have achieved in, in your software-defined nanosets. So you're, as far as we know, 
uh, the only company that with completely software defined can build the hardware automatically the payload you own the software and hardware stack um li like like apple or tesla of course there's no uh, direct uh, uh, let's say you can com can't compare the, the companies directly, but but the but the philosophy, the DNA is the same. So you want to own and understand the technology and not um, be reliant on suppliers. Uh, you build your own antennas. Maybe you can guide us a little bit through uh, how big is your team, what kind of technology uh, are, are you developing? Because it's a very different way to say we build a shared satellite service because we buy everything from the market, which can still work out versus we develop our own technology so we we know the antennas we know the the the, the sets and so on yeah it's a it's a uh, quite good question so to be honest uh, the way that we build our service uh, is uh, of course thanks to the to the way that we build our technology uh, we 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 wanted to to have a an enabler a satellite bus that again uh, you should not modify on hardware level to execute your own mission uh, why? Because if we have to go back to, to, to our biggest dream, which is uh, if we are a small researcher group on, uh, on the ground or a commercial program, and to give you the context, all the current constellation programs on the planet that are planned are actually data service companies. They have to have to build the satellites, to, the payloads to generate the data, but at the end of the day, they are selling the data on the ground, right? So if we could facilitate those guys not to lose 90% of their efforts and time and resources in building and reinventing the satellites, but actually uh, just providing the payload and, and really worrying much more on the commercialization of the data on the ground. I think this could profoundly improve the way that space data is transacted and, and being more valuable for many industries on the ground. So the technology that we designed on the satellite had to respond to this uh, concrete uh, request of ours, uh, this vision, which is, could we create a fourth model T? I mean, it's not ideal satellite, we are just in the early days of de de developing this technology, but we truly believe this is the way forward, where through software you can update and upgrade and reconfigure the satellite on every avionic level, communication, power and processing in orbit, without having to re uh, redesign and re-engineer the hardware all the time. And this is the biggest breakthrough that we are trying to do, and also furthermore, to be able to reprogram or, uh, or update your software in orbit for such a tiny spacecraft is something that is uh, not very frequently done and, not, and it's not streamlined as a way of thinking in the industry yet. Uh, but that being said, of course, I see the whole industry going organically to more, uh, to more digital, uh, di to, to, more, uh, to more and better di digitalization of the satellite technology, uh, to more sophisticated systems, to ever higher and higher demand on, on higher processing and communication. So, this is how we started six years ago, and I believe the uh, the, the fact that uh, we have uh, quite a few customers already uh, working and, and integrating our own technology on the hardware level in their missions, and then based on this same hardware, we are deploying this novel service for making space accessible as a service, makes ton of sense, and uh, we are excited to, to see uh, what will happen in the coming months. I'm, I'm enthusiastic because the, we just announced this service on the market, uh, not uh, being very, to be honest, not being very sure how the traditional space industry would react to, to the idea, hey, just give us the sensors and we take care of the rest, right? And, and, and in just uh, four months, we got oversold the, the first three missions completely. 
which uh, which has been an amazing uh, an, an amazing proof of uh, of our vision and, and in general it helps us uh, to build a little bit self esteem to go further and to push the the technology and the innovation behind it i mean we see so many teams uh Uh, on a global scale, uh, but also many in Europe, and and, and the, the depth of the technology and and the passion of your team is uh, yeah is really astonishing. And um, some German car manufacturers are still uh, struggling with uh, over-the-air software updates uh, of their cars on our beautiful planet, and you are updating your satellites. I mean, that's also important. It's not like that's a dream or something you, you, you want to achieve, but your satellites, your technology is in space, is used by very, very big corporations. I don't know if we are allowed to give give uh, the names. Um, and yeah, so now, now the next step is to... Um, To, to make this available to more people, great. And we are thankful for all the interest that, that the first three missions are uh, uh, oversold, booked out. Um, and, but, but I also want to say in general, the, the space industry, of course, with the with a, with a big SpaceX uh, team, but, but also ESA, Aerospace and, and other companies, they, they, there is also here coming a new generation of companies versus the BMWs and the Fords and the Volkswagens that cannot innovate at the same speed so you have the same the same thing in the rocket and, and satellite industry where where there's so many big missions are still uh, in the old way with 20 years old technology taking years and and costing like like 100x of, of what the, the new space startups are building and i believe in general it's 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 important we see that from from some agencies uh, but but also corporations that they that they give some trust uh, to the startups and say, uh, we, we support you because here's a new way of, of, of accessing space. Uh, and, and for us, it's important that we also have an ecosystem inside Europe because uh, we, we admire SpaceX, but I believe it's important that we also have a European, uh, European ecosystem. So how do you see the evolve that and, and, and what are your thoughts on, on the industry? Yeah, so uh, I think it's uh, starting to develop. Uh, of course, not at the, with the pace of uh, the US or the Asian space program, sadly. Uh, due to the, a lot of traditional space players in Europe uh, have been uh, developing their own programs in a, in a, in a quite meticulous but slow way. Uh, but in the last five years, uh, finally we see a huge movement towards uh, new concepts, uh, new, new, uh, new programs. Uh, in the, only in the rocket industry we see uh, almost 10 or, or, or close to 10 new space players trying to build new generations of rockets in Europe. We see for the first time constellations being born in Europe and, and being grown uh, to hundreds of millions of dollars uh, businesses. Uh, we see also for the first time investments of a hundred plus million euro in a space company, which five years ago in Europe was completely unconceivable in reality. So in general, I'm really optimist and I truly, truly believe that uh, those little signs that we see uh, bring to my mind two things. First, the European citizen is truly passionate and interested in space equally or even more than, than the rest of the citizens around the globe. And secondly, they're finally is uh, in the inter this interest brings also funding and, and support uh, from outside and from inside Europe that would enable those entrepreneurs to scale up uh, much faster. Because it's very difficult in Europe in general to build a business from startup to a scale up and then to a fully blown global player. 
and, and, and the fact that you now have the resources and, and, and the credibility and the backing up of a serious venture capitals, uh, even investment banks, uh, it, it's fantastic. To, to give you an example, even with, with our own experience, just a few months ago, we managed to, cre- to, to, get this, to make this deal with the European Investment Bank. Uh, I've never imagined for the life of me uh, five years ago that a bank could come and, and, and invest uh, and back up and the, the growth uh, of our company. Uh, and this makes me enthusiastic about the, the whole space sector. I truly believe Europe should have absolutely fundamentally important for Europe to have independent access to space, independent operations in orbit, and hoping that finally we have also independent human space flight program because it's kind of ridiculous for the whole continent not to have independent space flight program, while, of course, collaborating with everyone on the planet. And this is only possible if you leave the market as open as possible. You create an ecosystem of investors and, uh, and, and technology partners and institutes feeding technologies to those companies. And, and, and if possible, for the commission and the governmental agencies to become the anchor customers of those new players. Because this is, this is what brings, uh, brings credibility and interest uh, for bigger investors. Uh, imagine if you have a, one simple contract where the European Commission tells you the same way that the, Europe, the, the US Air Force or the Department of Defense in US or NASA in, in that matter uh, uh, signs uh, deals with uh, new startups telling them if you bring this service to the market, I'm willing to pay X for this service. Uh, with this type of contract B2G in the space industry, this could bring uh, this could become a, a game changer for uh, for the new space startups in Europe, because then you can actually go to a uh, to a leading investor and, and and have much more convincing case for why you believe that what you are doing uh, is scalable on a global level. So I'm optimist. I think in the next uh, three four years we'll see uh, also quite a lot of consolidation in the space sector. Uh, we'll see a lot of uh, companies also, interestingly enough, go public uh, early on. Uh, and this proves even more the interest of the general public towards space because companies that are pre-revenue even in the space industry, they go public and they manage to, to, uh, to raise capital uh, to, uh, to grow their technology and, and to get uh, at the end commercial service off the ground. And I, I truly hope that those companies first have done their business plan well and secondly, that they're going to bring the value that they promised. But I'm optimistic that the, the whole sector is, is currently experiencing so much growth, so much enthusiasm, and there is uh, enough investments in the sector to actually enable this enthusiasm to turn into a true innovation in the near future. Yeah, I mean, we have, a, again, a poster child here in the US where SpaceX is, is doing everything for for 90% discount with a, with a higher quality. And I believe the, the European government, as, as far as I, I talked to the officials there, I mean, we had, we had just today um, a change in the, in, the, in the German government. Let's hope they, they keep up the work. But they switched very much from giving contracts only to established players, but also re- truly considering startups and, and, and building the ecosystem. So yeah, we are, we're in a good track. Also investors... Um, are putting in the money we, we, we saw it with either aerospace, a great investment here from Early Bird, Lake Star, and so on. So, so leading European VCs are, are coming in. That, that, that's truly great. Um, to, yeah, 
another important mission from you is is education and you have an um, educational uh, space uh, program um, tell us a little bit about it and, and maybe if if who can access it yeah i think i truly believe in education uh The, our effort in education made Endurosat possible. Um, uh, 10 years ago, 11 years ago, uh, I started a small educational uh, program in, in Sofia, uh, inviting leading experts from the space industry to join forces and to, uh, to show uh, and to mentor young engineers, scientists and physicists from our region. Uh, and I was hoping that this small program would, would get enthusiastic, uh, maybe uh, three, four, five people. Uh, in 10 days after we announced the first uh, Space Challenges program in 2010, about 600 students subscribed for the program, which was insane because there is no lecture auditorium that can uh, uh, take care of so much uh, students. Uh, the fact that the industry is changing so dramatically and so rapidly, the space industry in general, means that even the best universities on the planet are sometimes struggling to, uh, to have relevant enough education uh, in their engineering studies. Of course, the engineering in, 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 in the, the sciences doesn't change fundamentally. Uh, we just need to understand the specificity of the environment in which you are operating, in this, in this case space. So if you are a electric, good electrical engineer, good software engineer, embedded engineer, a good physicist, of course you are in principle more than, uh, more than uh, possible, it's more than possible for you to, uh, to, um, to invest your effort directly into the space industry. But you just have to understand the very basic specifics of the environment code space. Uh, so this was the logic behind us uh, creating this small educational program. Well, if we combine a top tier uh, students from engineering and physics and science background and we mix them with the uh, leading experts from the space sector that can uh, show and mentor them how to apply their fundamental skills in the space industry, we could start creating a small, small club of enthusiasts Uh, uh, that really, that really would like to develop uh, locally some space expertise. And, and we ran this the first year, but, uh, but we saw such a big, uh, interest in, in, into the, into the topic of space that we kept running the program for already 11 years. I'm happy to say that now, even, even nowadays, almost half of the staff of Endurosat comes directly from our own educational program. Our educational program for these 11 years successfully helped the education in space for uh, thousands of young people. And on top of that, we decided uh, early on, maybe on early on, I mean, in the, maybe in the third or fourth year running the educational program. Well, you know what, uh, since uh, we were fortunate and humbled, in, uh, humbled that so many truly leading experts from leading laboratories, space agencies, leading scientists, leading engineers of, of Mars missions, lunar missions, uh, com uh, commercial players, their CTOs and CEOs came to Sofia to mentor the students. And we thought, you know what, uh, it would be amazing if we can share their experience uh, through, through filming lectures with much more young people from the region and beyond. And we started filming these lectures, and in, uh, in three years ago, we launched the Spaceport, uh, which is uh, Spaceport.academy. It's a completely free of charge, uh, accessible space education platform uh, with more than 400 lectures about space, science, technology, um, innovation, uh, entrepreneurship, space law even. And the whole concept is that we keep growing this platform year after year uh, so that there is a place online where you can go and find uh, understandable enough 
lectures about space technology and science on the same spot. And nowadays we have about 25,000 people online studying in the platform, which is amazing because, of course, I don't know none of them personally, uh, but quite a few of those then apply to the Space Challenges physical program and quite a few of those uh, that graduate the program afterwards join forces with us in Endurosat or in the space industry in, in larger scale. And, and this is the way forward. I believe the space education should be relevant to what's happening in the industry. I believe in practice-oriented education. And we are doing our absolutely best as far as we can afford as a small, teeny, tiny company, of course, uh, to support it and to keep building this expertise. And, and the vision is that in, in less than three years from now, we hope to, to have created a quite unique small academy for space locally. Uh, so finally, there will be a, some small tempo of space knowledge and know-how. And, uh, and we'll be excited to, to share this with, uh, with the rest of the space community. Very cool. Yeah, of course, we will link uh, the, the, these programs, uh, also in Durozat and, and so on, in the, um, in the show notes. So to, to wrap up, um, when, when you are working uh, in, the, in the government or for big uh, corporate, uh, think about space. Um, think about if you can support startups in, in one or the other way, um, because I believe it's a very important industry and we want to keep and build it in Europe and not be dependent on the US or, or China. Um, if you are um, in, uh, an investor, you might also have a look at the space, at the space space, um, because um, it, it's not as risky as it seems. For example, Endurosat uh, is already generating quite nice revenues and there might be other space startups that have a, have a very solid um, business plan. Of course, there are also some crazy missions even greater if you support them. But even if you look at a, at a, at a so, more or less solid venture investments, there are some opportunities in the space sector. Don't be afraid um, and, 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 and have a look. And lastly, um, if you are uh, an, an engineer or even want to do communication or whatever, um, where you can help and do that, have a look at the, the website. There are many open positions or maybe just even if there's no open position and you're really passionate about about a space and want to want to support uh, and endure that and uh, live in beautiful uh, Sofia, uh, uh, send us your CV uh, and the team, the, the team is growing. So, yeah. So the last words for you, Raichu, what, 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 what's your final message here? My final message is uh, thanks for having me on board the podcast for second time. Really enjoyed it. Uh, I, again, I truly believe that uh, enabling universal access to space data would enable a better future. And I'm more than welcoming everyone that wants to help us try our best to create this vision in reality. Go to Endorsat webpage. We have a tons of open positions and we'll be more than happy to talk to you about uh, your future career in space. And thank you, Frank, for having me. Thank you for uh, time, finding the time in your very, very busy uh, schedule and uh, yeah, shooting things to space. Uh, yeah, thank you everybody for listening. So, vielen, vielen Dank, dass ihr äh, da, äh, dabei seid. In den äh, Show Notes unten verlinken wir die ganzen äh, Programme, äh, kostenfreie, ähm, wirklich tolle, tolle Education-Inhalte für, für Space und ansonsten auch gerne bei dem Unternehmen bewerben. Also, auf bald. Ciao, ciao. Macht's gut. <lacht>